We are Pixie and Ogre. This is an intersectional LGBTQIA plus friendly podcast led by two lesbians living in the sticks of North Carolina. We discuss topics that support our values, including pro-Black Lives Matter, pro-trans and gender non-binary, and pro-sex work, among many other topics. Pixie is me, Mel. I hold a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. Ogre is Laura, who has no degrees or licenses, but just likes to hear her sarcastic fat ass talk. Good morning. It's Pixie or Mel. And Laura or, or Ogre. And we are recording from the comfort of our home because I'm not at work today. <laughs> had a little bit of a mental breakdown yesterday. <laughs> Woohoo! Woo! Had a panic attack in front of my boss and I was encouraged to take today off. <laughs> <laughs> so here I sit in a Care Bear onesie. I'm about to tell you some funny stories. That's our theme for today, funny <laughs> stories. So if you have any funny stories that you want us to share on the air, we can do so anonymously. If you want to give us a message, we'd yes. be happy to do that. Absolutely. So I've got a few to choose from. And I think I'm going to start with Pride Parade 2007, New York City. Uh-oh. Yes. So I was living in New Haven, Connecticut at the time, and I really wanted to go to Pride. I had been to like smaller Pride events in Connecticut, but I wanted to go to the New York City Pride. And nobody wanted to go with me. Or no one, no one was available. I don't know. I had tried for weeks to convince people to go. I would have gone with you. I know. Had I known you then. I know. I don't think you would like me in 2007. You don't think so? 2007 me was even more intense, if you can imagine. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More. No. We're, good. We're good now. Emotionally <laughs> unstable. Ah. Yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> and um, so it, it came to be the morning of the Pride. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go by myself. It's only like at that time, it was only like 30 bucks round trip on a Sunday to take the train from New Haven to New York. I think it was about that much. And I had like 40 bucks to my name. <laughs> so I was like, that makes sense. Right. The 30 bucks for the train and it leaves you $10 to spend in New York at Pride? Well, just, you know, like breakfast. Right. That Maybe fast food breakfast. Yeah. Dunkin' Donuts at Subway. Okay. I mean, at that at the uh, New Haven train station. All right. Well. And um, that was literally it. That's that was that was all I had. Okay. So I believe this what well it must have been June two thousand seven. It's typically the last Sunday of June in New York City. Sounds hot. It was very it was very warm. <laughs> <laughs> and I found I looked up on the good old interwebs that I was stealing from my neighbors because this was before like people's Wi-Fi passwords were protected. <laughs> and I was able to just hop on to my neighbor's Wi-Fi. <laughs> ah, the good old days. And found out when it started, where it started. And I said, I'm going to go. So I hopped on the train with my little iPad, uh, iPad, iPod Nano, crash. <laughs> And got myself all psyched up for New York Pride and get to Grand Central. I walk, I don't know how many blocks to where it was going to start. And I see every everything getting set up. And I, I, I'm getting excited. I'm like, this is, this is happening and I'm doing this by myself. Like, this is awesome. And <laughs> I see like 
barriers being put up between the street and the sidewalk. And I was like, huh, I wonder, I wonder why that's happening. And then I was like, oh, maybe I had the impression that I was just going to show up on Pride Day and just simply by being gay, that gave me cred to like just walk and march in the parade. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so yep. you just kind of joined the parade. Yeah, and, and to give a little context here, I was 25. Now, I know that doesn't seem super young, but I was a little bit naive. Okay? All right. A little bit. All right. So, I, you know, I, it started to occur to me with these barriers <laughs> preventing the, the street and the sidewalk from converging that that might be an issue. So I'm now walking in the street. No, nothing has started yet. We're in, still in setup mode. But I'm walking in the street on the other side of the barrier from the sidewalk. And a very militant looking lesbian marched up to me with a clipboard and asked who I was with. And I was like, I'm with me. I'm, I'm, I'm here to march in the parade. And she was like, you need to be in a group that's registered and certified and all that. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't know about all that. I just, I just came to, you know, I just came to be in the parade and she was not helpful at all and took her job extremely seriously. So I was like, all right, cool whatever and I, I walked the other direction and I, I did make my way onto the sidewalk and I'm looking around and I'm like I did not spend like nearly all of the money I have left to my name to come to New York to stand on the sidewalk I came here to fucking march and that's what I intend on doing so across the street I see a group of people and now most of the groups were wearing matching outfits to kind of designate who they were with. This group was not, so I was immediately attracted to them and they were holding signs. So I just scooted on up and I blended right on into the crowd. And someone said, who wants to hold a sign? And I said, I'll hold a sign because I'm thinking, no one's gonna kick me out of the parade if I'm holding a sign, that makes me legit. So she was like, okay, she hands me a sign. And you know, I kept that sign for years and I've moved so many times, it must have gotten lost or thrown away in the shuffle. And I'm really pissed at myself about that. But it said it was some kind of statistic and it said New York City Council on it. And I still didn't put it together. I was just like, cool, I, I'm like in a group and I'm, I'm gonna march in the parade. And so we start, you know, lining up, all the groups are lining up. I'm getting really excited. I'm, I'm kind of like, ha 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 to the militant lesbian in my head. Like I am marching in the parade and you weren't able to stop me. And we start going and it's, I mean, just the energy was palpable. I mean, it was just an amazing, oh, like I can still feel it today. Just talking about it, like marching and seeing all the people on the sidewalks cheering for us. And we kept stopping and I kept wondering like, why are we stopping? And everyone was taking pictures. <laughs> and then I noticed like a couple rows ahead of me, like almost arm's length away was Mayor Bloomberg of New York City. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm fucking marching with the mayor. Like I'm, that's what, oh, New York City Council. Like I started putting it all together. And then I was like, now I was on the next level of fire. And the, the heat of the day didn't bother me. And the fact that we walked what seemed to be like 15 miles that day didn't bother me. And as we're going, I'm collecting all kinds of rainbow paraphernalia. I, I mean, I'm just decked out. People are throwing beads at us. 
people are, are saying, you know, clap if you're gay. And I'm like screaming, losing my voice over. I mean, it was awesome. And we get to the end and I realize one, I don't know where the hell I am. Like I knew I was in like, <laughs> I knew I was on like Christopher Street ish, but I didn't know like how to get back to the subway or which subway to take to Grand Central. Like I was quite a ways away from where I started <laughs> and I'm still carrying my sign because I feel like this is like, this is my ticket, you know, yeah. this is my registration for the event. And but I'm also just decked out in complete gay paraphernalia. And I walk up to a cop and I was like, um, I'm looking for the subway to get back to Grand Central. And they were very helpful. And I'm like kind of doing, cause I hadn't planned on paying for a subway. And I was like, and do you know how much that is? And they were like, well, anyone who participated in the parade gets to ride the subway for free today. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Because <laughs> I, as previously stated, I was kind of at my last, <laughs> Less dollars and cents. And um, <laughs> I get to the subway, I make my way to Grand Central. As I get further and further away from the city, I'm getting more and more looks like, you know, in Grand Central, everyone's like, you know, giving me high fives and thumbs up and like, yeah, looking at me like awesome pride. And then I get on the train and even you know, the first couple stops, we're still in the city, like, yeah. And then as we get closer to Connecticut, I'm just getting stranger and stranger. <laughs> but I have to say that was quite an experience. And I was pretty proud of myself that I was able to like hop on a train and navigate this. This was, again, pre-smartphone. I, I have to stress that. This was 2007. Like, yes, I had a cell phone, but it was not like, you didn't have, um, what do they have now with, I forget the name of the app, but it's like Hopstop or something where you can look up all the subways and how long of a walk it is from here to there. I mean, this was, this was roughing it in 2007. <laughs> For a Connecticut girl who's not a city person, I was pretty proud of myself. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. And of course my mother knew. My mom always knew where I was and what I was up to. So she was the only person I had told that day. I had called her that morning and said, hey, just so you know, I'm going to New York City. I'm going to march in the pride parade and I will call you when I get home. And she was like, cool, have fun. <laughs> I'm so glad you got to experience that. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. It was. It was got, a lot of fun. Got to march with the mayor. I got to march with the ma the motherfucking mayor. I know. And of New York City. <clears throat> Thank God your sign didn't say something horrible. I mean, I don't I wouldn't have carried it if it said something horrible, and I don't think anyone like that I would want to be affiliated with in the Pride Parade would be allowed to be in the parade. Yeah, that's true. But it was some kind of like four out of five, some kind of statistic about like gay marriage or something along those lines. I wish I could remember exactly what it said. Yeah, at least you weren't with like, you know, biker chicks. I, I would not have said no to any way for me to actually be in the parade. I was not going to stand on the sidewalk. I had paid too much and come too far. That, that would have that. been an even better story if one of the bicycle uh, dykes <laughs> had invited you to be their bitch. <laughs> and you could have sat on the back of a motorcycle and clutched some lesbian's leather. <laughs> I mean, that would have been better than walking like the 18,000 miles it seemed like we walked. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. It sounds like yeah. it. I've got an interesting, funny story. Yay! For any of you that... I've seen a picture of me or know me, you know that I have ample bosom. 
Oh my. Yeah, ample. Wow. And when the girls are harnessed. The girls. When the girls are the ample har- girls. When the ample girls are harnessed and, and you know, with a good bra, I have cleavage for days. Yeah. You know, I've you got do. I've got cleavage you could actually live in. You know? <laughs> it's cozy. It's cozy, it's warm <laughs> and there's food. Rent is good. That. Rent is good. <laughs> <laughs> So I used to have a job where I was, um, I had to dress up as a professional and I traveled around to different facilities. Anyhow, I was driving to this one facility this morning and I was wearing a really nice dress and, you know, the girls were harnessed and so I had a lot of cleavage going on. I'm trying to picture you in a dress. I know. <clears throat> it's weird. How old were you? In my 20s. Okay. And... It was before I had kids, okay. so probably 22, 23. Gotcha. So I'm driving to this facility, and on the way, I'm eating a Pop-Tart because... <laughs> what, You're a classy bitch. What grown-ass, classy <laughs> professional bitch does not eat a dry-ass motherfucking Pop-Tart straight out of the package driving to work? I mean, as previously mentioned, I'm a counselor who's currently in a onesie who had a mental breakdown at work. Uh 24 hours ago so yeah that all seems spot on so yeah professional dress driving to work I had to drive like an hour eat this damn pop-tart get there I go in the building got my briefcase my professional dress on go in and I'm meeting with the director of this facility and it's kind of an important meeting you know trying to set a good example so she wants to hire us to come in and do you know this work so I'm shown into her office and she's an older lady. She's, you know, she's real distinguished, you know, perfect, impeccably groomed, yep. dressed. I and mean, this is in the South, I imagine. Uh, yes. Yeah. So yes. like Southern and yes. yeah. Okay. So I, I go in and I'm shown into her office and, um, you know, I'm offered a seat. So I sit down and she is talking to me and she's like, let me, let me just grab something real quick. And so she runs into the other room. Well, as she does, I happened to glance down at my cleavage, Ample cleavage. at my cleavage, and I notice a chunk of pop tart. <laughs> and and <clears throat> I was eating a chocolate pop tart because I'm a fat cow. But oh, chocolate! That sounds good. Yeah, the chocolate fudge one is my favorite. And a big chunk of it was literally sitting on the top of my cleavage. It looked like a shit or a like a turd or something oh my just gosh. sitting there. I didn't know what to do. I was like, my my mind went blank and I'm freaking out because she's like literally just, she hasn't gone to the bathroom or gone to get coffee. I mean, she's literally just stepped right over there to the corner of her office to grab something. So I have seconds, literally seconds to like fucking (laughs) fix this. So the only thing I can do, because I'm holding papers in one hand. Yes. The only thing I can do is I bob my head down really fast, stick my tongue out Oh my God. <laughs> and slurp up this piece of Pop-Tart that's nesting in my cleavage. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was... First of all, that sounds very acrobatic. It, it was just, it was kind of like um, commando, just... C- kind of like that adrenaline when a mother lifts a car yes, off a child. Yes. I mean, it was that serious. This was just like a total head bob. Swoop, <laughs> swoop the tongue out, scoop it up in one fell God. swoop. Get it in my mouth and get it swallowed and out of the way. And the whole time I'm doing it, I'm, I'm thinking, I hope this is a Pop-Tart. I hope this is a Pop-Tart. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and it was. And, and I completed this swift action. 
right before she turned around. And she turned around and I'm just like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I always had a chocolate Pop-Tart in my mouth. I don't know what you're talking oh, about. You know, there's so much that gets lost in my cleavage. Like, whatever I'm eating, there's always crumbs. Yeah. You know? So if, if somebody were to, like, <laughs> rent that space, they would have ample food. They would. They'd be taken care of. Absolutely. See, I have to get the food out right away. I can feel it. I don't like the, the sensation, the, the texture. I do too, yeah. but sometimes, you know, you'll just get a chunk in there and it just, you know, you'll find it that night when you're taking your bra off or whatever. And you're like, what the hell is this? Oh, midnight snack. <laughs> For <a little> bit. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you get the job? I wasn't applying for a job. I was there. I already had a job. That's right. <clears throat> I was there trying to convince that facility to hire us, to hire my company. So that's what I meant. Did they hire your company? They, they did hire okay. our company, yes. Sorry. I knew it wasn't a job interview, but I knew you were going there with a specific yes, goal yes. in mind. No, they, they hired us and um, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> the chocolate Pop-Tart. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Very swift. Very swift. I, I felt I felt very ninja esque. It sounds ninja esque. Yeah, yeah. I was I was very pleased with myself. <laughs> and you got to have a little snack. And I got to have a snack. Right. <laughs> well, I have another story. Please. So, um, I call this story like the night I probably should have been on an episode of Law and Order SVU. Uh oh. Um, again, New York City, and it's actually I believe the same year. Okay. Um, 2007 was a big year for me, okay. apparently. <laughs> um, my friend and I at the time went to the Bowery Ballroom to see One Republic right before they got big. Like their single, I think it was called Apologize or something, had just, like was just starting to get airplay on the radio and we went to go see them and I got completely wasted. Oh. My drink of choice at that time, I believe, was vodka and cranberry. I was just about to say that. I mean, it's a basic, basic white girl drink. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what I was drinking all night. And, you know, my memory of that evening is spotty <laughs> because of that. <laughs> I do remember after the show, we did connect with the opening band, and they invited us out for Chinese food. And so we joined them, and I couldn't tell you. I mean, this might be a band that we all know now. I don't even remember their names, the name of the band, anything. Nothing. Nothing. Not a song, not a tune, nothing. So we went out for Chinese, and I remember ordering a lot of Chinese. I remember thinking, like, I wanted, I was hungry. I wanted everything on this list. But then my friend and I ended up leaving before... The food even came, like we didn't eat, we didn't pay. We just literally ordered a bunch of Chinese food and then stuck this band with the bill and left. Why? I have no idea. We were drunk. Both of you were? Oh, yes. And you don't remember what precipitated this the, exit? I, n- nothing. No, I, nothing that I know of other than like, let's keep going. <laughs> let's just keep, let's get, just keep trucking. So we had, again, taken the train from New Haven to New York City. So I don't know where we were headed or what our purpose was, but we were just walking, just drunkenly walking the streets of New York City at 2, 3 a.m. Okay, sounds safe. It sounds not safe at all. So the next thing I remember is we decide we're going to make our way to Grand Central to get back on the train. 
and I had to pee, oh as gosh. I always do. Like on a normal day, I pee 18,000 times. Drunk Melissa has to pee like every 30 seconds. <laughs> and this, this person, me, who has obsessive compulsive disorder with my most common and longest obsession being contamination, went to the bathroom in a subway bathroom. <gasps> Oh in my a gosh. subway bathroom. Oh my god! Like we're talking like a light bulb hanging from a wire. Yes. We're talking like, I mean, I'm sure there was shit on the actual wall. Like <laughs> there was nothing remotely inviting. I mean, it was literally like where dreams and people go to die, go to die. I mean, it was, it was awful. Like if, if memory serves, I think I turned the water on and it like went five different directions. Like it was just awful. Do you actually pee there? I did. And here's what's even worse is, I mean, I know I must've loaded it up with toilet paper to sit on, but I'm not a squatter. All y'all ladies who can squat precariously over a toilet and pee, I give you all, all the cred, all the props. I do not have the leg strength for that. I cannot do it. So my ass was on that toilet. I mean, it may have been separated by several layers of toilet paper, but my ass was on a subway toilet. Oh my gosh. 13 years ago, I still feel dirty. (laughs) So now we're in the subway and we're trying to again find our way back to Grand Central. We're completely wasted. And even though we haven't drank for what seems like a couple of hours, it feels like we're getting more drunk as time goes on. I don't know. So we keep getting trapped in the subway. We keep getting trapped on the wrong side of the subway. So we, we're, we're keeping on the side where people are coming out of the subway with like those turning things. And we can't get to the part where we can get into the subway. I mean, we might as well have worn signs that say, drunk, stupid, please kidnap me. I mean, like, it, I don't even know how we survived this. So we finally, <laughs> we finally figure out how to get into the subway and we're on the wrong side of the track. <laughs> so now we're, <laughs> we're trying to, again, navigate this being drunk and somehow we decided it would be helpful if we switched shoes. That's always helpful. But not both, just one oh, shoe. Oh, that's perfect. And I was wearing flats and she was wearing heels. Oh, even better. So we finally get somewhere near Grand Central and we're walking down what I imagine would be, is it 42nd Street that goes into Grand Central? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. We're walking down the main street that leads to the fucking train station and we're just hobbling because we're wearing two completely different shoes. We're holding on to each other, we're laughing, and we're drunk. And we can physically see Grand Central Station, but we can't figure out how to get inside. We can't find the doors. We find all the exit doors that don't have any handles on the outside. They only have the handles from the inside. And again, this is like 3 a.m. So no one's trying to leave Grand Central. Like. We cannot find our way in physically. And we're too fucking stupid and drunk to, to figure it out ourselves. Somehow, I don't know, we make our way in. We frickin' find what I imagine was the last train leaving from Grand Central going into New Haven. If memory serves, I got home at 5 a.m. 
and I had an all-day eight-hour graduate class that started at eight. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Were you still drunk when you went to class? Probably, looking back. I mean, how could I not have been? I slept two hours. Although I remember being very, um, you know, actively participating in class, and I remember being very focused and alert. So possibly I wasn't. Strange. But I was tired. I bet you were. <laughs> Gosh, imagine having that energy again. Like mm. The energy of 20-year-olds. You know? Oh, my God. No. No, 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 no. No? If I do two things in one day, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, and I'm probably done for the day after as well. Like, I have to have, like, an every other day kind of situation. I mean, that's why we haven't recorded all week, because... Chronic pain, my mental illness, like every day it was something else preventing us from, well, preventing me from being my best self. Right. And I would argue I'm still not my best self right now, but I'm better than I have been all week. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it's the onesie. It's the Care Bear onesie. It's the onesie. It's the being home from work. It's the Zen Buddhism book I've been reading. It's you, it's Darby, it's all Good. the things. Yes. Good. Yes. All right, I've got two stories Ooh. that kind of go together. I um, I have an issue with bathrooms, mm. and and it's I have really bad luck with bathrooms, and a lot of embarrassing things have happened in bathrooms. Ooh. And so the first story, I was about 16, and I was at boarding school, and we took a trip to D.C. My boarding school was in New Jersey. And <laughs> you were a Jersey girl. I was a Jersey girl. So we took a... Um, a class trip to DC and we stayed there for a couple of days and anyway um, we were down at the mall yes and I don't know what the hell we were doing down there but we were down there for a while like I don't know anyhow I had to pee so I went into a porta potty that's so interesting because I don't you you don't ever use public restrooms like in the four years that I've known you. No, no, I don't know. Okay. Could I, this be why? Okay. The, well, yeah, I'll, the, I'll let you continue. My, my history with bathrooms <laughs> has led to this moment where gotcha. I don't go anywhere. Okay. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Got it. So I, um, I had to go to the bathroom. So I go into this porta potty, close the door, and I peed. And they had this little pump water thing. And so I was mm. able to sanitize. And <clears throat> I go to leave, and the door won't open. No. And, mm, no. I, you know, I try, I'm trying everything. I'm jiggling the lock. I'm, you know, I'm staring at it. And it's kind of dark in there. And the sun, this was in probably late August, early September in D.C. So it was still kind of hot. The sun is beating down mm. on this plastic porta potty. And, it's just, and you're trapped in with the porta potty and smell. And I'm, I'm trapped in with the porta potty smells. And, and I'm, I'm doing everything I can to open the lock on this door. And I cannot get it to open. And, you know, I'm on a school trip. I don't have, you know, tools. Right. You know. And this is what, like the 50s? So, <laughs> phones-wise. There were no cell phones. <laughs> there was no internet. Right, it was 1950 what? It was 1989, <laughs> 1990. Ooh. So, yes, it was a long time ago. <laughs> so, yes, there were no cell phones. I'm, you know, can't send up smoke signals. So, I'm... <clears throat> still trying to get the lock and I'm kind of banging on the door Aww. 
saying hello, <laughs> help me, hello. hello. Well, outside I can hear the teachers like rounding everybody up, getting ready. Oh to, my god, the getting, panic! Getting ready to go, and I'm like, hello, I'm fucking here, and I'm banging and banging and banging on the door, and nobody's, you know. And the thing of it is, that when I say class trip, you know, you're thinking a normal high school with, you know, 150, 200 students. Well, we only had like 18 girls in okay. my, because it was a boarding school, we only had 18 girls in my class. So it wasn't that hard to keep track of us. Right. But for some reason, the teachers were rounding everybody up and preparing to get back on this bus. And no one had noticed and Laura was so missing. far, no one had noticed me. And I'm stuck in the porta potty and the sun is just beating down. Oh my gosh. And I am, I am just pouring sweat, pouring. I am soaked. And finally, I like got a little frustrated and I kind of like kicked the door down. Like, I think I broke it. I mean, hell at this point, you know? But so it was a kind of a funny scene to see me literally, <laughs> literally bursting out of this porta potty and I'm, I'm wet. I'm wet head to toe. Sure. Like my t-shirt is soaked through. How my, long were you in there? Probably about an hour. No. Yeah. And my shorts are soaked through and I've got water just streaming down my face. And I come bursting out of this porta potty and, you know, the rest of my class is standing there and they're just like the shock looks on their face like, what the fuck? And yeah, I was just like. Oh my gosh. So yeah, nobody heard me. That's mortifying. But the second part of this story, which is another bathroom story, yes. is I used to have a job that required me to travel a lot. I was a regional manager for four states. And so I was on the road all the time and I spent every night in a hotel. <clears throat> well, I checked into this one hotel and I had a really nice room and a really nice bathroom and it was a stand-up shower, which I love. And so, yeah, the, you know, got there next morning get up uh, take my shower and I have I also have this phobia about showering with the door open mm. like uh, the, the bathroom door has to be closed and locked okay for me to take a shower even if it's a hotel room and I'm the only person in this room yeah the bathroom door has to be closed and locked so you know go in the bathroom take my shower love it you know get out towel off go to open the bathroom door mm. and it won't open. And it was a weird door. It was like a pocket door. the kind that slides into the wall. Oh yeah. So I can't get the lock undone and the door is latched and right. I can't, and there's no handle. It was just like this little finger hole. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> this little finger hole for you to slide the door open and it would go into its pocket. <sighs> And I could not, I could not get the lock undone. And there was nothing, again, I'm in the bathroom. I don't have clothes. I don't right. have tools. You're There's, vulnerable. I've got a toothbrush, you know, and right. this is it. And so I'm just freaking out because I am double locked in my hotel room with fucking concrete walls. You know, who's going to hear me? There's no phone. Yep. My cell phone was in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. And so I, I you know, jimmy the lock and, you know, tried all kinds of different things, you know, shaking the door, trying to get the lock, you know, all these things. I'm, you know, Morse code tapping on the fucking bathroom oh wall my gosh. that leads into the hallway, hoping somebody will hear me. Oh my goodness. And, 
And I'm, I'm freaking out because I have no food, no water, and God forbid, no cigarettes. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about that. Yes, because they're all on the other side of the goddamn door. Oh, jeez. And so, and, and I'm naked. I'm yeah. uncomfortable. Even though I've dried myself off, I'm still cold because, you know, in a hotel, the air conditioner has to be on yeah. sub-zero temps. That's true. And yeah, <laughs> Morse code tapping on the wall, nothing, nobody. <laughs> and so about a, after an hour, I was like... I'm going to die in here. Like oh my they're, they're going to come to clean the room and they're going to find me dead. Like just a skeleton in the bathroom, you know, I, I don't know. Well, they left this thing hanging in the bathroom that said, you know, if you want to reuse your towel, please hang it up. You know, you know how they, yeah, it was a little plastic thing. Yes. <laughs> so I am able to tear this thing <laughs> into this little tool and origami fold it into very MacGyver yes you. and then I was able to after a very long time I was able to slip it into the crack and wedge it around enough that I could flip the lock and this took forever to yeah do. it doesn't sound like it just happened on the first time no no, no. I was in there probably about two hours total total Jeez. and yeah because the even the the plastic from the sign was kind of flimsy right and every time i would feed it through and, and it wouldn't go properly it would bend and so i'd have to you know get rid yes. of that one and fold a new one i was finally able finally able to open the oh lock and get out and um yeah so I, I got dressed and went down to the lobby and i was like you know what am i going to say to the front desk <laughs> you know i mean so, I was like, but I got I was just locked in the bathroom for about two hours. Yeah, I was like, I, they got to know the lock is broken, though, because, you know, what if somebody else... So I go to the desk, and I really sheepishly was like, <laughs> so I've been locked in the bathroom for, like, two hours, and they just look at me, and I was like, yeah, look, the lock is broken, and... Just thought I should report yeah, it. Yeah, and the girl looks at me, and she says, well, don't lock the door. Oh, my God. I was like, you know what, I'm done. I'm, like, I'm done with West Virginia, and... <laughs> Oh, babe. Yeah, so I didn't lock the door. You know, I stayed in that hotel for a couple more nights. Right. And I didn't lock the door. But, yeah, you know, thanks for telling me that now. Yeah, but also, like, that shouldn't just be the solution. I mean, I think people are going to lock the door. You know, what if, like, a family goes in with kids and you've got to, you know, lock the take door. Take a shit and you want to lock the door. Exactly. Exactly. But no, the, the, next wow. couple of, the next couple of mornings while I was there and I went to take a shower, I, like, threw everything into my little overnight bag, like my cigarettes, my lighter, an ashtray, a bottle of water, like a protein bar. Your phone. My phone. <laughs> and I brought everything in the bathroom with me so that if it happened again for some reason, I would be safe. But, um, no. Wow. It didn't happen again. But yeah, the response lacking, lacking compassion. Yeah. Don't lock the door. Just don't lock the door. Mm. Yeah. Well, you should have told me that on check-in. <laughs> right. <laughs> <sighs> well, West Virginia. What, what, what can I, you say? I had, I, uh, I, I stayed in hotels almost every night and some interesting stories from there too. Just oh, I can imagine. Weird. All, yeah. And all over, like West Virginia, Virginia. Uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, it was it was a lot. Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. A lot of interesting stories from traveling around. <laughs> um, I have one more story. Please. So I do want to give a disclaimer. So there is 
very, very small talk of suicide right in the beginning of the story. Okay. So if that should bother anyone, you might want to fast forward a minute or two. Um, but my in 2015, my nephew was born. Um, and I was living with my parents in South Carolina at the time. And we had gotten word that um, my sister-in-law had gone into labor and that there were some things that, you know, were concerning that were coming up. So there was a lot of, we were excited, but nervous and scared. And um, she ended up giving birth and, you know, they're, they're, they're both okay. He was born with special needs and there was a lot of touch and go in the beginning as far as if he was going to be okay or not. So me not working at the time, my mom not working at the time, we decided to take a train from Greenville, South Carolina to New Haven, Connecticut. Wow. My mom doesn't fly. It okay. just doesn't, not a thing for her. Well, makes sense. Right. So, and I had taken the train a few times um, to and from Connecticut to Greenville and, and it had always been like a really pleasant experience. Like I just would read a book the whole time and was more comfortable than a bus and this is like an Amtrak Amtrak, Amtrak yeah okay absolutely so, and how long does it take to go from South Carolina to Connecticut typically total like it should take about 18 hours Yeesh. yeah um, we go from Greenville to DC and then DC we stop for a little bit so they can refuel and restock the kitchen and then we go from DC to New York to Penn Station and then we get off at Penn Station and um, we, do we get off a of Penn Station? Yes. And then we take a train to New Haven. Okay. Yeah. I believe that was our route. Um, and again, I both of us had taken this trip on our own before. Um, but of course, the, it was a little more tense this time. It, it was not a fun trip necessarily because we... We didn't know how long we would be staying in Connecticut. We had literally packed for weeks because we wanted to be available to help in any way that we could, you know, with my brother, my sister-in-law, and my nephew. And, you know, we were worried. You know, right. we weren't sure what was going on. He was only a couple of days old at that point. So my dad drops us off at the train station in Greenville. And when we get there, everything seems to be running on time. We're there maybe five minutes. And this woman gets on the loudspeaker and says, um, the train is going to be delayed indefinitely uh, because a couple in Spartanburg decided to lay their heads on the train track and kill themselves. And okay. we don't know how long the cleanup is going to be. So and they were successful. Uh, yes. And here I am, 30-something-year-old woman, was triggered and traumatized by that comment there were actual children there and I'm thinking I don't think we needed all of those details probably just we're running late something an accident happened in Spartanburg would have sufficed right not we need a mop Spartanburg it, like the cleanup like I didn't need to hear all that yeah so I turned to my mom and we both just have this foreboding feeling like this is not getting off to the best start. Um, now, before that happened, you know, of course, you have to weigh your bags and you have to pay extra if it's overweight or something like this. Well, this comes up in the story again, so I might as well talk about it now. I brought a literal huge suitcase. I mean, 
huge. Yeah, the suit. I've seen the suitcase, and it's large enough that a human could fit in it. I could fit in it. Yes, someone could zip me up in it. Yes, and especially if if you were to be dismembered. Correct. I mean, just stack them in there. It was like perfect Tetris. for that. Yeah. Yes, and in my mind, I was thinking, this is great. I can pack everything in one bag. I don't know how long we're going to be there, and this is great. Well, it was not anywhere close to great. So they weigh my bag. It's over by a couple of pounds. I had to take things out of the bag that I was checking, which was this big ass bag and carry them in my carry on. So that's how it started. Then we've got the accident in Spartanburg and the train pulls up. The train was at our station on time, but the delay of course was the next stop over where this accident had happened. So they let us onto the train and they just keep informing us like, we don't know how long it's going to be. And again, they're giving us a lot of specifics. Like the EMTs are on their way, but I don't know how, you know, what, what all is happening over there, what kind of mess. And we're like, just stop with the details. We don't need to know all of that. So my mom and I find our seats and I, I promise you, we had every baby that was on that train in our car. And it was about 11 o'clock at night, because that's typically how the train runs. It leaves typically around 11 p.m. On, uh, on a Saturday night from Greenville. And then we get in the following afternoon into New Haven. Okay. And, um, well, I guess it would be, yeah, the following evening. So we're, of course, not moving. It's dark. It's, it's bedtime. Like, my mom and I had kind of planned on sleeping on the train while well, every baby is crying, we're not moving, we keep getting these detailed re updates of it's gonna be two hours, it's gonna be three hours, it's gonna be however many hours. So we finally get going, okay? And I wake up the next morning and of course I'm hungry. Well, first of all, I, I'm woken up by my mom talking on the phone to my grandmother. <laughs> and we're not the quietest people. And my mom was trying to be quiet but I woke up in a mood, capital M, mood. <laughs> oh no. Okay, and I was already like really triggered by what happened the night before. We were several hours behind, so I'm already worrying about what that means for our next train that we have to catch from Penn Station and I'm all of this, right? I'm just in my head about it. It's a lot. It's a lot, and I wake up and my mom's talking and I got, quite an attitude with her, as she would say. And she quickly hung up the phone and we had words. And I think my words were something like, like some people are trying to sleep around here. And then I was like, I'm going to get breakfast. So I went to go get us breakfast and um, had like the bare, bare minimum. Like this is like eight o'clock in the morning. Okay. So I'm thinking like, I'm, I'm gonna be getting like choice stuff here. No. Um, I got a yogurt and they were literally out of everything else. Well, I get back to my seat and it's fat-free yogurt, which means it has aspartame in it and that gives me headaches. So now I throw another little mini fit. I can't eat this. It has aspartame in it. You know, I was just like super extra. So my mom's like, I'll eat it. Like understandably nervous to even say anything to me, my poor mother. So then again, keeping in mind, I have OCD. I had a sleep mask that would I was hoping would help me sleep during the day on the train ride. Well, I drop it on the floor. It's garbage now. 
Like it's that goes in the garbage. I can't ever, I can't use this again. This is my favorite face mask. I'm going to start flipping out. So my mom is just trying to like, you know, keep up, keep up the morale. Okay. Don't worry. When we get to DC and we refuel, we'll get, we'll get some lunch and everything will be fine. I was like, okay, all right, fine. I'm trying to nap and I'm listening to music and reading and just biding my time. Well, we finally get to DC and when they refuel, they have to power down the whole train. So we don't have any electricity or anything, which is fine. I mean, we're not in the dark. It's the middle of the day, but I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to be the first person in line when everything comes back on in like 30 minutes. So I can get the first pick of lunch. I'm going to have a good lunch because keep in mind, I haven't eaten anything at this point. I didn't eat breakfast because I refused to eat the yogurt. I think we had some snacks like Nutri-Grain bars and stuff, but I wanted a meal. And you weren't allowed to get off the train while they refueled? You were allowed to get off the train to like smoke on the platform, but you couldn't go into the train station and like take advantage of their, you know, restaurants and stuff like that. Okay. So I'm hangry. I'm stressed out and worried about my nephew, my sister-in-law, my brother. We're several hours behind in our trip. I'm just, I'm having the worst time. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go. I'm going to do that, mom. I'm going to get in line. I'm going to get us a good lunch and I'm getting all excited. And I was, I was the second person in line. I was not the only one who had this thought. So I get all excited. You know, everything comes back on. They've restocked the kitchen. Like this is the whole point, right? And it's my turn. And I'm like, okay, I want a turkey and cheese sandwich and another thing and chips. We don't have chips. Okay, I'll just take the sandwich. Do you want that heated up? I'm sorry. Do I want my turkey and cheese sandwich heated up? And I was like, um, no, no, thank you. And she's like, well, it's frozen. I'm sorry. What? So basically what we had here were these plastic wrapped pre-made deli sandwiches that were frozen that they were literally just taking out of the freezer and heating up in the microwave to thaw. Ugh. Yeah. So I was like, well, yeah, I don't want a frozen sandwich, so I guess go ahead and heat it up. And I'm really confused at this point because I've never had an issue with the food before. I've always had experiences where like, I had plenty to choose from and never had an issue. So she heats up our sandwiches. I'm borderline disgusted, but I'm, I'm trying to keep, trying to keep the, my positive, trying to keep some positivity. I get back to the seat. Our sandwiches are basically still frozen in the middle. Ugh. They look disgusting. Like the last thing you should ever do if you're already in a bad mood and hangry is like start peeling apart yeah, sandwiches because like the meat just looked disgusting. The cheese, and I was like, I can't fucking eat this. And now I'm, now I'm like, I can't eat my lunch. And my mom's like, you have to eat something. Cause I think she was getting worried for herself <laughs> and the rest, of the, people and the, rest of the people in our car. And I was like, no, I'll eat when we get to Penn station. So <laughs> again, we've got like a couple more hours of travel. I'm not really saying much to my mom. You know, we're just being quiet. I'm literally just like, white knuckling it until we get to fucking Penn Station. And we have a lot to do in, at Penn Station in a very short amount of time. We have to get our bags that were checked. We have to now get our new tickets for our new um, 
train, you know, transition train because we've we've missed the next three or four for being so behind in the schedule. We have to eat something and then we have to make sure we don't miss our next train. So we're trying to be very, you know, planned and precise about this. So we get the bags, we get the tickets. We literally have 30 minutes, which seems like a lot of time, but it's really not in a packed DC train station where you have to use the bathroom, get to a restaurant, order your food, wait for it, eat it, all of that. But we somehow managed to do it. And in like 20 minutes, we're standing at, you know, in the middle of the fucking, I'm sorry, this was Penn Station. Mm-hmm. This was Penn, not DC. So we're at Penn Station. We're looking at the, the board and we're waiting to see what track number our train's on. And all the trains are changing except for ours. And at this point, we're like two minutes from departure. And I know from my experience, like we're usually able to board 10 to 15 minutes before departure. Like we know where the, which track the train is on and everything. Right. So it takes you a minute to walk there. Exactly. So I'm like, oh, this doesn't look well. Well, let's say the train was, the, the train was at 10 o'clock. Now it's like 10.05, 10.07. We still don't have a track number. Nothing's happening. So my mom and I are like, what the fuck? Well, we hear over the loudspeaker, our train was being delayed again indefinitely due to electrical issues. So we're like, this is fucked. So me, as previously mentioned in my One Republic night in New York City, I think I can figure out how to get to Grand Central from Penn Station in just a couple of subway moves and I think I know how to do this why I thought that I don't know (laughs) but I think I know how to do this and I'm like that's fine mom you know what we'll just take a subway from here to Grand Central and we'll take the Metro North to New Haven we'll be fine we'll just get off the Amtrak situation she's like do you know how to do that I was like of course I do so we follow the signs for the subway I get in line like a little professional get our little subway cards awesome uh go up to the turnstile and my big ass fucking suitcase gets stuck in the turnstile (laughs) and i mean stuck now i know i used and i am just remembering i know i used the example let's say it was 10 o'clock it was actually about 4 4 30 p.m on a monday in new york city oh wow and it's in july and i'm fucking sweating And now I'm sweating even more because I'm literally blocking an entire turnstile in Penn Station that leads to all of the subways. (laughs) And everyone's staring at me. Every other person's going, oh, I think you're stuck. And I was literally like, yeah, you think I am, motherfucker? Of course I'm fucking stuck. I mean, like, I did not give a crap. I was having a mental breakdown. So my mom is trying to... You know, now I'm on one side of the turnstile. My mom's on the other. And here's my bag in the middle stuck. So I'm like, mom, you've got to get someone. So she's like, okay. So she's trying to find like a subway attendant or like a cop or something. It felt like she was gone for hours. Everyone's walking by either laughing at me, grumbling at me because I'm taking up a whole spot, saying the infamous, who looks like you're stuck. (laughs) I'm literally like my tears and sweat are just mixing together. Like I'm openly crying. 
I'm screaming at people. I'm screaming back at people. Like, shut the fuck up. I know I'm fucking stuck. And my mom comes back with an, an attendant and we finally get free. And I'm like, oh, thank God. So, haha, we're on the wrong fucking side of the track. <laughs> and I'm like, crap, we want the other direction. <laughs> and my mom is like, okay. And I was like, I think we have to go up those stairs. We had to go up several flights of stairs with my big ass bag. So we're going up and down stairs, up and down stairs. We cannot figure out how to get into the subway and get on the right train to take us to Grand Central. So now I'm like, fuck this. We need to just take a taxi. We need to take a cab to fucking Grand Central. Again, we're at Penn Station at fucking rush hour in New York City. So for some reason, we can't find like I'm used to at train stations. There's like a line of cabs and everyone gets out of the train station. You get in the line and you get in a cab. I could not find this line of cabs. I know that they exist in the world. <laughs> so similar to the One Republic night, my mom and I are literally walking around Penn Station on the outside trying to look for a line of cabs. We cannot find them. I am drenched in sweat from panic and the fucking heat and the subway and carrying this big ass bag that's bigger than me around and I'm ahead of my mom and I'm literally starting to like wobble because I'm hungry well I mean we had eaten but like I'm dehydrating now like right. I'm just sweating so much so she marches up to me and she goes drink this now and she knew I was going to give her a problem because I don't like drinking out of other people's right thing and she was like you're gonna fucking drink this now drink it so I did. It was like orange juice, and she gave me water. And we're just walking around, walking around. And finally, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And my mom was like, what the fuck does that mean? I was like, I'm done. And I pulled my little, my not-so-little bag over on the side of the sidewalk, and I said, this is where I live now. This is where I live now. You could live in the suitcase. I could live in the suitcase. I was like, you go on. I'm done. And she was like, we have to be in this together. And I was like, I live here now. Get out of <laughs> send, my house. Send all of my belongings here. This is where I live. And she's like, no, we're going to find a cab. It's going to be fine. So we asked someone. For, might I add, I'm, again, openly crying on the streets of New Haven. I'm screaming. I'm, I'm having, like, I'm hysterical. I'm literally having a panic attack breakdown. Not one New Yorker that passed me by even batted an eyelash. This was just like, this was Monday at 5 o'clock in New York. Right, this was, this was normal. not a big deal. <laughs> so finally, we find a cab. <laughs> we go up to the cab. We would like to go to Grand Central. He's like, okay. He looks at my bag. Your bag is oversized. I was like, you have, you have got to be kidding me. And I literally started crying at him. I was like, my bag will fit in your trunk. What do you mean? It's oversized. I can't do this anymore. And he was like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It'll, it, I'll put it in the trunk. And I was like, okay. And we get in the back of the, the cab and... I'm, I'm hysterical. Like, I can't, I can't stop. My mom's rubbing my back. She's giving me more to drink. I'm just like in full panic mode. So we get to Grand Central. Thankfully, we find a train that's leaving like within 10 minutes to get to New Haven. We hustle. We get to the, the track. We get on the train. 
we sit down, we look at each other, and we start laughing hysterically because we just cannot believe what a fucking shit show the previous over, I mean, I don't, I've lost track of how long we were on this situation at this point. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I look in the, I look at my reflection in the, in the window of the fucking Metro North that, you know, we're underground so it's dark. I literally look like Nick Nolte's mugshot. <laughs> my hair is everywhere. I'm sweating. I look like I've just like escaped from something. My mom looks pristine. Not a hair out of place, not a sweat stain, not a food stain. She looks fucking pressed and, and perfect. And I literally look like a rag doll that's just like come out of the washing machine. But we finally made it to New Haven and we had New Haven pizza that night, which was awesome. But that was literally the worst travel experience ever. And my poor mother, honestly, like... She held it together so much more than she had any right to because I was really, really giving her like a run for her money patience wise. And she not once ever yelled at me or lost it with me. She was always supportive and throwing drinks at me and rubbing my back. And yeah, it was a disaster. It was a real disaster. It sounds like it. It was awful. But you made it. But I made it. We both did. And we still laugh about that to this day. It was not funny at the time, but let me tell you, I did not travel back with that godforsaken bag. We were in Connecticut for five weeks, and I bought two smaller bags from Amazon, and I traveled home with those. And it worked out a hell of a lot better. That bag was the bane of my existence. I believe we sold it in a tag sale, if memory serves. Yes, I think we did. I got rid of it because I couldn't even I couldn't even fucking look at that thing. It made me so angry. But that's all I've got. That's all I've got. <laughs> Thank you guys. Bye. If you are interested in sending us listener letters, asking for advice, sharing something unusual or topics that you want us to discuss, send an email to pixieandogrepod at gmail.com. That's P-I-X-I-E-A-N-D-O-G-R-E-P-O-D at gmail.com. Thanks.